Nomadic Pantry podcast, where we talk all things food, cooking, kitchen, and pantry storage for vehicle nomads. Today I am parked by the river, enjoying the beautiful fall day. Most of the trees are almost bare, and it is a dark gray outside with fluffy, dark clouds, and it has been raining off and on today, and I have been thinking about a podcast all week. I started one last Sunday. I did three takes, and I was having some sound issues, and then the week got away from me. So, I'm going to go and recap what I was talking about last Sunday, and then I'm going to add in some things that I have done and learned this week. So first of all, last Sunday, I was going to do an Omnia oven cooking day rather than using my Dash Mini appliance that I've been using inside the van. And in order to do that, I had to find a place to set up. But before that, I had to have cleaning day because, well, it's cleaning day on the weekend. So I spent a couple of hours cleaning. I did my aerobic workout making the bed. I went to the storage unit that I have and did a little more arranging and cleaning and purging. And I went to the laundromat and did the laundry. And by that time, I had not had coffee. I had not had any beverage, actually, except a little bit of water. I had not had my morning hot tea. I had not really eaten anything except a breakfast bar. And it was five o'clock and it was already dark. So at that point, I had to decide, am I still going to cook or am I going to eat a banana? (laughs) Sometimes it is just easier to grab a piece of fruit or a breakfast bar or something else that I have that's snackable and just um, have, you know, uh, what I call kitchen forage meal. Um, But I decided I had already planned on doing this Omnia thing, and so I went in search of the place to park. And I wanted to share that that is a big issue with people that are full-time. Sometimes finding a place that is okay to cook or that you can set up to cook can be difficult. And that gets even more difficult if you are needing an outdoor setup and it's after dark. So I called a local campground that is a private campground that is open all year and asked if they had a day use area. And even though if it's after dark, is it still allowed uh, for use? They said no, they did not have a day use area. But I explained that I just needed to cook a meal and they said to go ahead and come do it. Choose a spot in the camping area that wasn't taken, cook your meal, and then, you know, go ahead and go on your way when you're done. No charge, just go ahead and do that. So that was great. I did. I went and parked, and the fog was starting to roll in, and 
My breath was pluming out, and it was a very beautiful evening. There were a lot of twinkly lights because it's the time of year for twinkly lights. And I was lucky enough to set up under a, a street lamp of sorts. This particular campground has some pretty good lighting in many areas, and I was able to park right next to one of their overhead lights. So I set up and I was ready to cook, which was cool. So let me see what I can remember what I did. The question that someone asked in my group was whether I had roasted vegetables because they were missing a kitchen oven because they have no way to make roasted vegetables. And I had suggested that the Omnia oven would be a good um, choice for making that. So for those people who haven't heard me talk about Omnia oven before or who don't know what one is, it is not itself the cooking device. The quote-unquote oven is actually a pan and it looks a lot like a bunt cake pan. It is shaped like a bunt pan with a hole in the middle and it comes in three pieces. There is a base that fits directly on your stovetop and that kind of shields the bottom of the pan from scorching. And then you put the pan on top of that base and then you can use, well, you can use um, foil if you want on the inside or you can just grease the inside and put your food directly in or you can use the silicone insert that Omnia also sells. I have the insert, but I was wanting to try making this without it, so I did foil instead. So I lined my pan with foil, and then I cut up three potatoes, three carrots, one beet, one whole head of garlic, I actually did it clove by clove, but I used almost, well, just almost the entire head of garlic. One sweet potato, I actually used a yam, and about 12 Brussels sprouts. So I cut all of these up, and then I had them in a Ziploc bag, and I put olive oil directly into the bag, and sealed it up, and then shook them all around, like shake and bake kind of uh, idea. Shook them all up until they were all coated with the olive oil and then I just poured them into the Omnia pan and it didn't take all of the vegetables. I was able to put just a little over three quarters of what I had cut up in there. So maybe, you know, half a yam and two potatoes and two carrots and half a head of garlic and eight Brussels sprouts might have been a better um, measurement. But anyway, I used as much as I could fit and then put the lid on and let it cook for an hour at, you know, I don't know, you can't, I, I don't have the temperature gauge. Omnia now has started selling a thermometer that, um, pokes into one of the ventilation holes on the lid, but I didn't pay close attention to what the temperature was. Uh, I don't have their thermometer, but I do have one I could have used. I did not use it. And um, so I don't know, medium high temperature for an hour. Um, I just checked it 
the first 30 minutes and then I checked it at 45 minutes and then I let it run another 15 minutes and it turned out great. It was very good, just like roast potatoes at home. Um, so that's good. You can use the Omnia oven to make roasted potatoes and um, you can get over your hankering for roast vegetables. I, I said potatoes. I meant all vegetables, not just potatoes. Whatever roast vegetables you want, you can do in the Omnia oven device. So that was a good experiment, gone well. And then it was time to clean up. And it was dark and I didn't have running water and I didn't want to get out a big bowl to clean with or my, um, I have a dishwashing little portable sink. I didn't want to grab that out. So I also carry a bottle, a spray bottle of 50% water, 50% vinegar. And I often just use that. If you are cleaning your dishes immediately, there has not been any time for any bacteria to grow or live or get on those dishes. So you wipe clean with a cloth. You can use a reusable cloth that you take to and launder, or you can use paper towels, whichever you choose, and you wipe it, everything off as well as you can. Then you spray with your spray bottle, and then you wipe again with a different cloth, and it's clean. So then you can put your dishes away, and I packed up and went along my way. Um, so that was good. I hadn't done nighttime cooking before and uh, now I know that that place is friendly to allowing a person to stop and cook. So if I'm in that area again and I need to cook, I will know a place that I can go after dark. Daytime is a little bit easier because there are a lot of day use areas in a lot of places, you know, various towns, various areas, parks, most parks you can be in during the day and you can even do a cooking setup. Um, but of course those privileges will not continue if people are trashing the place or leaving messes or not leaving it as good as you found it. So please do always clean up after yourselves and, um, we will all preserve that right and privilege for everybody. So anyway, the next thing that I wanted to share is um, somebody asked if I had ever used the Itaki Shabuki pot, and I have not, but I, some of the people in my group do use it and really like it, and it is another small appliance, but it is an electric appliance. It is um, basically a portable, individual-sized pot, stove cooking pot, and you ha it has two temperature settings, a low and a high. The cooking surface is metal, and it is fused to the outer body. So it, there, are, there are parts that, this part that's fused in does not come out. Um, so I don't know what that means for cleaning. I have, like I said, I've not used this pot, um, but the Dash Minis are also fused with their uh, cooking surfaces. And so I suspect it's much like cleaning those where you cannot submerge the whole thing, but you can put water in if you need to, or you can use a wet cloth to wipe and clean with. So um, that is, you know, maybe a drawback. Um, it does have a steamer basket that is optional. That, of course, is removable. You can use it or not use it. 
Um, the pot can steam vegetables, it can cook soup, it can cook rice, and I don't know if it can um, saute or if it gets hot enough at the bottom to be able to kind of saute things before you do the other cooking. But um, it's supposed to be pretty versatile and if you are a soup person, it would be a really good thing to have because my Dash Mini will not make soup. <laughs> I do have the Instant Pot 3 quart, um, but even that is a little bit large to be carrying around in the van. I can run it because my portable battery has enough power to be able to run it, but it would wear less on the battery if I had a smaller appliance that used less wattage. My Instant Pot, I believe, uses 650 to 800 watts of power. This appliance will not turn off on its own, much like the Dash Mini will not turn off on its own. So you do have to be there to babysit, if you will, and make sure that you are keeping everything safe and that there are no fire hazards and that the appliance itself does not overcook something or overboil something. I believe that the Shibuki uses about 250 watts, so that makes it a lot more economical as far as the electricity draw for people who have smaller uh, portable battery usage. Um, the Itaki company on their website has a warning, a counterfeit warning, and they warn customers that people have complained of being baited by counterfeit listings on Amazon and eBay with fake counterfeit imitations that are pretending to be Itaki Shibuki pots. And Itaki also makes something called the Itaki Pro and the Itaki Lunchbox. The Shibuki pot has a little handle. It looks kind of like a mug, but it's bigger than a mug, of course, but it's the little personal one. The Itaki Pro is a little bit larger and doesn't have the built-on handle and looks a little bit more like a normal rice cooker. The company is apparently taking legal action against those places that are attempting to scam people or to um, trick people into buying counterfeit products. The Shibuki comes in white, mint green, and pink, and it's got a bit of a hefty price tag. Um, on their website, they say that it lists at $99, but they currently have it on sale for half off at $49.95. So I don't know what it sells for from other sellers, but if you get the Itaki Shabuki pot, you're going to probably pay around $50. Um, their website says it makes soup, stews, hot pot, shabu shabu, ramen, dumplings, and more. You plug it in and the pot is ready to cook whenever you like, however you like. Small portable cooks anything faster than a stovetop. Carry it anywhere. Use it in the office, in the classroom, hotel, or even in your car vehicles with outlets or if you have of course portable battery. Anywhere there's a power outlet. 
It gets many, many five-star reviews, and people who use it say you can actually make just about anything that you can cook on a regular home stovetop, um, and they share some really nice pictures. Some people make ramen, some people make curry, um, there's rice and veggie stir-fry. You can do a lot of different things with this little, very versatile machine. And Itaki also makes a cute little Japanese-styled lunch bag. I don't think it fits in there, but um, some of their devices do fit in the lunch bag. I don't know if, I don't think this comes with a carry case. Anyway, so that is the Itaki Shibuki Pot. The next thing I want to share is, um, I actually went looking at some old posts in my Facebook group, Van Life Pantry, Nomadic Pantry, and I found somebody mentioned last year, and it wasn't on my radar at the time, but they use an Origo heat pal as their stove. And so I went looking at that, and marine.com, um, a lot of marine, well, things that are made for use in boating really double well for use in van life, nomadic life. So marine.com carries the Origo 5100 heat pal and is actually made by Dometic. People who are nomadic or who have been studying what appliances are available to nomads will recognize the Dometic brand. They make a really good fridge and um, I can't remember, but they also might make a camp toilet. Anyway, um, so they make this Origo heat pal and it is a pressurized alcohol stove. So when I had the guest on named Jamie, she talked about using an alcohol stove and she really likes it because you don't have the danger of carrying um, under pressure fuel and you can um, just use alcohol. You can use uh, denatured alcohol, uh, high percentage alcohol. You can use Everclear. Um, to run this little stove. So this particular one is pretty pricey. This one costs $200. Um, there are other alcohol stoves that definitely cost less, and some people make their own. But if you are not familiar with what they do, this particular one says that it doubles as a heater, which also provides warm food and comfort when touring, camping, or boating. It is fueled by the denatured alcohol, is safe, efficient, and easy to use, compact in design, making it easy for transport, which is one of the really um, useful things about, also about an alcohol stove, and it makes a compact heater. Um, it says that it has been in use for many years, it has been popular for many years, it can be used to keep the food warm as well as cook it. Um, if you use it in heater mode, this one actually has a heater mode, uh, gives you ample heating for a cozy get-together. So, this one is made of aluminum and stainless steel. It is non-pressurized, rust-proof, no priming or preheating is necessary. This one uses, um, like I said, the denatured alcohol. Output is 5200 BTUs. It uses one quart of fuel, and it will burn for approximately five hours. So, that's 
much different than what Jamie was talking about using just a very little bit of, of alcohol and running hers for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. Um, this one says it takes about 10 minutes to boil a quart of water and it is 11.5 inches high by 11.5 inches wide. So it's roughly a square, 11 and a half by 11 and a half, and it weighs five and a half pounds. So this one is quite a bit bigger than the one that she was talking about and quite a bit bigger than the one that other people tend to use. Um, but you can get this size and if you are in a bigger vehicle, you have bigger get togethers, that might be something that you want to use. So the cons that I found in reviews about this are that it's not compact enough for some people to carry easily. Um, it does put out 1500 watts of, of power, basically, 5200 BTUs, um, but it doesn't circulate when you're using the heat mode. It doesn't circulate the heat because there's no way for it to circulate. So it is warm close to the item, but maybe not further away. Also, um, alcohol can be a relatively expensive fuel to use as compared to some of the other fuels. One way to fix the non-circulation problem is to use a small fan and blow the heat where you want it. Um, the other issue is you can't really regulate the heat. It's either on or it's off. There is no little bit of heat or a little more heat. Um, so that is something to know as well. And if you are using it inside, even though there's nothing to explode, you do have to remember you are using a flame. Something is burning. And so if you do not have a high top vehicle and you have a cloth headliner, um, that might not be the best idea. So these are things to think about. I personally do not use anything that lights a flame inside the vehicle. I do not cook anything with um, any kind of flame inside. So if I'm cooking inside, I'm using an electric appliance like my Dash Minis, or um, I might try the Shibuki pot. I actually was thinking about doing the Dash Mini rice cooker, um, but I might want to branch out and try the other brand name items because I've done several Dash Mini appliances and I already know that I like those and that's a fine range of appliances and they are um, good wattage for this lifestyle. But I think it might be time to branch out and try something else. And I said in an earlier podcast that I might do the Dash Mini Rice Maker and, um, you know, raffle it off. Not really in a raffle, but just to give it away to somebody when I'm finished with it because I won't have time, room to carry it with me everywhere. Um, so that, you know, I may at some point do that. Um, I don't want to just go buying a bunch of appliances that I'm not going to then use and give away either because that gets costly. So um, I'm, you know, I'll take it one day at a time here and we'll see what I decide to do. But I do think that I want to get a smaller appliance than the Instant Pot 3 quart. At the time that I got that one, I did it because I own an Instant Pot um, in my larger house and I have always liked the Instant Pot. It's very versatile and it can make a lot of different foods and it's great for stews and 
for cooking a whole chicken and a lot of different things. Um, but it is a little bit too large for my purposes in van life. And even though I can cook outdoors with it and I can still power it with my battery, um, it is cumbersome and it does take up more space than a smaller appliance would take up. And, you know, frankly, it uses up three times the wattage that an Ataki Shibuki pot would be using. So I may try using the Shibuki because it's soup season and I actually just finished up a soup this afternoon that I purchased from a local independent restaurant. Um, it was a chicken chili verde. It was, it was a soup take on chicken chili verde and it was very good. It was nice and hearty and it had some rice, which I tend to try to avoid because that's a grain, but, um, I ate the quiche that I was invited to dinner yesterday and I had a really yummy gluten-free crust quiche. And so I've already had rice in the last day and I had a uh, leftover quiche this morning um, and I can do the rice. It just makes my joints a little stiff. Um, so I had this soup and it was really good and it made me remember that it is time to cook soups and that I like to cook soups this time of year. And so I may be looking into another little appliance for that. But I wanted to share with you. So today I have shared roasted vegetables in the Omnia oven. I have shared the difficulties of full-time nomads and where to cook and how to cook, and especially in shorter days, where you can go to cook after dark. Um, you know, you, you can call around, call places, and just ask for permission. I am going to be checking with some churches, like I have said before, to see if there are options. If any of them are friendly to allowing someone to be in their parking lot for an hour to an hour and a half to cook a meal and then leave or not. A lot of places say, a lot of people say, um, churches are one of the worst places for allowing people. They just don't allow you. Uh, which is funny because, you know, I would, I would hope that churches are one of the easiest and best places to find where they will, um, welcome people who are in need of a place to cook or a way to make their food. So, I don't know. I'm going to be checking that out in my travels as I go along. And I will share if I have found any churches that are amenable to allowing that. But at least I know that some campgrounds will allow you a little bit of day use. And some of them will do that for free. Um, I imagine that some of them would charge you five bucks to do that. Which might mean that you don't do it. Because if you have to pay five dollars a day for something... Or $5 every meal for something, that really adds up. So the goal, of course, is to find places where you can exist, where you can stop and cook a meal and feed yourself and be able to do it without having to spend money every time you stop the vehicle. Um, so we've covered that. We covered the Itaki Shabuki pot and we covered the Dometic Origo alcohol stove. The Heat Pal. Um, I think that is going to be it for me today. 
And <laughs> as always, I had so many other things that I thought about sharing this week and so many other things that I wanted to share. And I have even started a list. I have a couple of different lists. And one of those lists includes several um, herbs. I wanted to share some information about various herbs and I haven't done an herbal application in a while. And I wanted to share about more natural tea. Um, but those will have to wait until the next time. I can always hold it until next time. And I will try to remember to tack those in next time. However, it is Thanksgiving week next week. And Thanksgiving tends to be all about the food. Um, and I haven't done a, a podcast about that topic. So I'm going to try to do a podcast next Wednesday that will talk about Thanksgiving food. And maybe we'll talk about Thanksgiving food on the road and whether it's possible to even have Thanksgiving type food on the road. And I plan to um, do some research and development on that subject this weekend. Hopefully, if the weather holds, I was going to do um, pumpkin pie, but maybe without the crust. Pumpkin pie custard, I guess, is what I would call it. And it's supposed to rain off and on throughout the weekend. So I have to cook that outdoors. I can't do a whole pumpkin on my tiny dash mini. It would take me the whole day to do it <clears throat> piece by piece, bit by bit. So if the weather holds, I will be doing some of that maybe on Sunday. And then I will share my findings when I do another podcast on Wednesday. But also Wednesday morning, if you have not yet found the old man's podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric on Podbean. Please do go and listen. They have a daily morning show and it's just chit chat. They just talk about life and they sit around their coffee mugs and chat. And of course they are in separate places. One is in Washington, one is in Colorado, and one is in Georgia. Um, but it's just a lively morning show and they have a growing audience and they are always fun to listen to. They're always having something new and interesting that they are pondering and kicking around. And Dina Jo shares morning, um, well, of course it's morning, I just said that, it's every morning. Um, history, music history. This, this, it's not even this day. She does a lot of this day in history too, but um, music they share music and she shares it in a historic context and an educational context. So you get information about the music that she is sharing. And then on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Pacific time, they do a music show where they recap the music that they have educated you about all week. So morning show, The Old Man with the, it's called The Old Man's Podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric. <laughs> Quite a mouthful, but a really great podcast. And Wednesday morning, next week, we are going to be doing the cooking show. It is Cooking with Dina, Joe, and Grammy on The Old Man's Podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric. And I say we because I've been invited to be allowed to call in and be a part of the discussion that they are having about food and Thanksgiving leftovers on Wednesday morning. So I will not be on for the entire time. I'm not sure how long I will be on the call-in portion of the show. They are going to have several people calling in and um, 
joining the discussion. So we'll just be a succession of people who call in and, and get to discuss. So I will be there. I will be waiting to hear from you there. Wednesday morning, the day before Thanksgiving, 7 a.m. Pacific time until 8.15 a.m. Pacific time. Every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 8.15 Pacific, their podcast is on live. And then Wednesday, of course, catch me for the food segment. Um, That is all. I said that was all a long time ago, but I actually wanted to share the podcast information because they have a good podcast and I'm looking forward to the next cooking show. I've called in on a couple of their cooking shows and it's always a fun discussion. So now um, I have spoken to you until it's dark by the river. (laughs) I'm about to turn on the vehicle and drive to a different destination where it is not so dark. Um because I can't really do much now here by the river in the dark. Um, But it's been a beautiful sunset, and I didn't actually see sun. It has been a very lovely setting of the sun through the dark gray clouds. The loss of light is the only thing I could actually tell about the sunset. But that concludes a wonderful day. Every day is wonderful when you are alive, awake, and here to learn and explore and um, find something to be grateful for every single day. I used to say that I was not a Pollyanna. I was never going to be a Pollyanna. But I do, I have always had an optimistic outlook, even when I didn't feel like I was Pollyanna. (laughs) And these days, I embrace the Pollyanna philosophy. Find something to be glad about. Play the glad game. Even if you are having a hard time, and boy, haven't we all had a hard time over the last couple of years, and some of us have had harder than others, um, but there is always something to be glad about. Find that thing and be glad about it, and find whatever you can to be grateful for. I have so, so many things that I am grateful for and so, so many things that I can be glad about. And I hold on to those every day and I embrace the adventure, the challenge, the perspective that this lifestyle can give. Uh, There is so much to be learned, so much to um, be enriched by and so many things not to miss in this lifestyle. So thank you for joining me. I hope that you have found something useful in what I have said today, and I hope that you will go and play your version of the glad game. Until then, or until next Wednesday morning, when you come and listen on Podbean to the Old Man's Podcast with Dina, Joe, and Eric, I will catch you later, and maybe I will see you on down the road.